We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. I'm here. No diggity, no doubt I'm here. Keith McPherson on the fan inside the 10 o'clock hour, man. Let's keep it rolling. Call me up, 877-337-6666. Usually as we get towards the end of these shows, uh, I don't try and steer the show too much, right? I try and open it up for conversation. I think, you know, we've hit on uh, pretty much everything around this Carlos Correa non-signing and, uh, you know, we also had Mike Florio on at 8 o'clock to talk NFL. Uh, we even talked a little bit about the Yankees, had some Yankees calls. Shout out to my Yankees fans listening. You're more than welcome to call and ask about left field or Josh Donaldson, but I think the you know majority of Yankees fans aren't really on that right now. It's a quiet time in baseball, and that's why this story was so big today. Um, Trevor Story's story would have been bigger without this story today. And here in New York... And at WFAN, which I would say WFAN is probably like 70% Mets fans in here. What do you expect? <laughs> uh, I can't wait to hear Sal's show. I can't wait to hear the morning show because this story broke during Tiki and Tierney. I'm watching Tiki and Tierney on Twitch, which you guys should do. Pull up in the morning, 10 to 2. Uh, Shouts to the Twitch gang, Twitch chat. We're always in there talking about sports and whatever Tiki and Tierney are talking about. Um, this broke at the end of their show. And then, obviously, Carton and Roberts were ready to tackle it. And then I knew I was coming up next, and I had my thoughts and takes. And I told you I'm trying to separate the internet from the radio. It's hard to do. But um, my approach is to leave the negative on the internet and not bring that into the radio. And I think the internet is uh, a place for trolling. It's a place for jokes. It's a place for roasting. And uh, I definitely got my jabs in, but... Wasn't going to spend five hours doing that. I did enough of that earlier today. I'm I'm over it, honestly. And honestly, I feel like the Mets made the right move. It's fun to joke and laugh and, um, you know, make fun of what they thought they were going to have, what was. But at the end of the day, which we're coming up on in two hours, I think Mets fans are all right. Like, they're not really crushed by this. It never – you didn't get to see this guy play. It'd be one thing if, like – you lost a player, right? Like, what hurt more, not signing Correa or losing DeGrom? I think the hurt of losing DeGrom, uh, it burned you for a couple more days. And I remember saying on that Friday, 
hey, give Steve Cohen a couple days. He'll make this right. He'll make you forget about it. And he did. Next thing you know, Verlander's here. And a bunch of other signings. And I think he just got a little too aggressive. You know, I think he got a little too comfortable in his now second year and, uh, you know, being this guy that everybody loves, right? Being this figure. Uh, everybody loves Steve Cohen as this, you know, new George Steinbrenner, this ridiculous owner in sports that all fans wish they could have, right? He's a fan improving his team with money, using his money to get the best players he can. But I think he just got a little ahead of himself with the Carlos Correa move. There's a reason that he signed with the Giants and the Giants didn't go through with it. He became available to you after not initially choosing you. And you had to go through your process as well. And I said, I know it. And like, it's funny, I, I tried to go back. I never listen to my own shows or go back to the podcast. But of course, I go back to the podcast today and I'm looking for December 21st. And I'm like, there's no podcast of anything I said on December 21st. I'm like, maybe I wasn't on. Maybe I got to figure that out. But I have said these three things about the whole situation, and we'll take calls and we'll move on from it and we'll talk NFL. Hopefully Giants fans are calling me up with their thoughts going into this rematch against the Vikings and what they think the Giants have to do to get this playoff win, which would be ridiculous in year one under Shane and Dable. But the three things that I did say around the Carlos Correa signing was first, you know, I joked about I thought it was his back, and that's why I was like, oh, my neck, my back, my neck, and my back. I broke my back spinal like I was making jokes like here he comes you know that's going to be Carlos Correa and then we found out that it was his ankle and I'm like oh well that's one expensive plate appearance you've heard me say these things on air uh, I said that we didn't spend enough time talking about hey what if this doesn't go through it was just an absolute party an absolute celebration you would think the parade was being scheduled for the next day and here we are now almost you know four weeks to that day and uh, I also mentioned, huh, don't let it not go down. Like, don't let it, don't let it not go through. Because I knew when it didn't go through that I would have my day, I'd have my night to get on air and uh, you know poke you a little bit and make some jokes and troll and uh, you know kind of put some fans back in their place. But what I also had said was like, yeah, it didn't have anything to do with the Yankees, but it did because I woke up the morning of Aaron Judge's press conference expecting to watch. Yes, network. Bum, bum, ba-na. Bum, 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 bum. Like, I expected to, you know, have all the focus on Aaron Judge being the 16th captain, right? I was listening to WFAN that morning, and Susan Waldman was talking about there being an open chair. Oh, maybe Jeter's coming. But there was a cloud over everything because no one could duck the news that came in at 3 a.m. that Carlos Correa was going to be signing with the Mets for 12 years, $315 million, changing his position from shortstop to third base to play with his buddy Francisco Lindor in Queens. That was a huge story, but it was an empty story, right? It was a huge uh, headline grabber, attention grabber that I felt like stole the attention away from Aaron Judge pulling up, actually signing his contract, uh, having Willie Randolph and Derek Jeter in the building, former captains, as he gets named the 16th captain of the New York Yankees. I, I, I commended the Mets on my podcast with Sweeney. Shout out to Sweeney, BXB. I retweeted it on Twitter. I said, hey, well played. They upstaged the Yankees. Like, this is what you do in this rivalry, right? You find ways to one-up each other. You find ways to, you know... 
little brother is trying to find ways to get at big brother. The 27-time World Series champions, they got to find ways to steal the headlines from the Yankees and kind of rain on the Yankees parade, and I thought they effectively did that. But now, fast forward, today was a Yankee day. Today was a day for Yankee fans to say, slow your roll a little bit. Be humble. Sit down. Be humble. Carlos Correa is not a Met. Let's talk to some more people on the fan. Richie in Queens. Welcome back. What you got? Man, you are worth the wait. I got to tell you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm listening, and initially my first thought was to talk about a few things. You brought up so many different things. And um, I really want to get to the Giants because, I mean, that's the Correa thing. Look, we spoke, you know, I'm a big Giants fan. You know that. And we spoke, and I had said that two things were going to happen. I thought the Giants were going to get Correa. And I also mentioned to you that I thought Rodon was going to go to your team, which he did. You've been spot on with with the Giants stuff as a Giants fan. For people listening, Richie is a Giants fan, obviously New York Giants, San Francisco Giants, um, and then also, you know, New York football Giants. Go ahead, Richie. Yeah, so basically uh, the Correa deal, I didn't like it initially. I didn't think he was worth that kind of money. What's going on now is I, I really don't know what went on because it doesn't make any sense that for six years you would think they're going to jump on that. So it's got to come out that probably they really felt that physically he's just not able to, to perform. Because if you're going to spend two, I, I can't see them quibbling over 20 or $30 million. I know that sounds funny. But if they really wanted him, he wasn't going to get uh, outbidded. So something happened, I think, that's going to come out. And I don't want to be the dead horse because we've been discussing it all night. But I think that's what's going to happen, and 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 because it just doesn't make any sense why um, he didn't come here, unless because I know he's not a top-notch player. He's a good player. I think his his pedigree is really strong. I think he'd be a real good addition to the Mets because um, uh, we've lent in that lineup, which is what it needs. So uh, it's just it's kind of baffling what happened. But, uh, you know, another thing, Keith, I meant to talk to you about, that incident the other night, it was phenomenal with how they handled it, it, it with Hamlin in, in, in Buffalo. Thank God that those people were there, and, 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 and there was no issue with the fibrillators, mm-hmm. no issue with having the right people there. But that young man that pushed the medic in that game was a disgrace, and I'm watching football for 65 years. And oh, in the Packer the other game. Guy, yeah, the other guy, right, and the other fellow... Bumped him. Quay Walker. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't comprehend that. I'm glad you brought that up because I had that in my notes yesterday. Just didn't. And I want to talk to Giants if you if you let me. Yeah, yeah. No rush. I'm not rushing you off. We're we're talking here. But when I saw Quay Walker do that, he's a rookie. Not making an excuse for him. Um, But I just I thought about so many things watching the NFL this week. Like we just saw what happened with Demar Hamlin. Like shouldn't you have a little more respect for the medical people coming onto the field? But I realized, too, these guys can't separate it. They go from pushing and fighting every play. Somebody touches them, his instant reaction is to push the guy, not even a second to identify, hey, this isn't another player. This is a medical professional coming on the field because DeAndre Swift took a forearm to the head and his neck could be messed up. We saw uh, Dante Foreman fighting, throwing punches, getting ejected. We saw a couple other scraps and and things going on where I'm like, (laughs) the brotherhood in the NFL, I spoke so highly of how it's all brotherhood. 
Yeah, it's a brotherhood, but these guys, you know, they play a crazy sport, and you got to be a little off. You hear Tiki Barber always talk about that. Like, you got to be a little off to play football. It's crazy how we all watch that, but these guys got on the field and threw punches at each other and even saw a guy push a um, a trainer. And then he's they show him in the hallway as he's walking off, and he's pouting like a little baby. Oh, I didn't do anything. Yes, you did. And, of course, he comes out on Twitter and says, well, you know, I was, I was hoping wrong. when I saw that, Keith, I was hoping when I saw his expression was, I can't believe I did that. You know, I was hoping that he thought about it rather than come out like you just he, said. He did after that, he know. saw the reaction online and in his phone, and that's when he put out the tweet saying, I was in the wrong. You know, I let my emotions get the best of me. Uh, you you yeah. just don't look good. He's a 22-year-old kid. No, he's, no he's, that was, that, I mean, you see things all the time that you shake your head because you never saw it before. And, you know, um, the situation with the, getting to football for a little bit, uh, you, you would think that Miami has no shot against Buffalo, especially without Tua. You would also think, I was hoping that um, that the Jets would win that game. You know, it's incredible to think they might score a touchdown. It's it's in, it's infathomable what happened with them the last six games. Because <laughs> I was hoping that Pittsburgh would get in. Tomlin did a great job again. You and me um, both. Kenny Pickett. I'm, yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, because I'm like, Pickett. Yeah, Pickett's been not great. I, you know, I think he's going to be in. For a I rookie coming into comments. that situation, he was concussed he twice this year. I thought the young man won some games for them. Showed some moxie, some gusto. And the biggest thing about Kenny, I love that he has no fear. He stands in the pocket and he makes the throws. He will stand yeah. in there and take a big hit and put the ball right on his receiver. He's he's going to be a good player in a couple years. He's yeah, already biggest, a good player. And the biggest issue with him was his hands, his hand size. They didn't take a, you know, this was, was not big enough and he couldn't handle football. He's been great. Yeah. And the other team was Detroit because you mentioned Coach Adir. I know they don't wait to the playoffs. They make a decision. The playoffs really don't have anything to do with any of the sports as far as manager of the year. Uh, Campbell, another guy that deserves consideration. Because, uh, you know, and, I, and, and we've talked before, I think that Rodgers has been a total flop the last three years. I don't care that he won 14 games a year. The last three years, and this is a playoff game, and I, you could say his team is not what it was, which is true, but he just hasn't won a big game in the last three years. Now, getting to the Giants. You know, when they played Minnesota last time, there were four players that stuck out. Richie James dropped a big pass for a first down. Bellinger fumbled. They blocked the punt, and then the Peterson interception. They did all of those things wrong, and it came down to a 61-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I listened to Gio this morning. Cool. Yep. And, yeah, Gio is like, you know, he's a big Minnesota fan, as you know. And people are getting on him because it looks like he really believes – because he's a fan that hates his team, which is, I crack up because when I spoke, when I speak. Because they about put it. him through some misery. Has he watched it's the Super true, Bowl? <laughs> but, yeah, you got to, you know, and I know what happened with with them in the Super Bowl. And, and uh, you know, and, and but they did win the Super Bowl back in 1969, 70. How old but, was uh, Gio? <laughs> yeah, that was before Gio, before you. Just yeah. about my, almost before, before me. Born. Yeah, so, you know, when you look at what the, and we talked a while ago. I felt the last five games of the year, and I was you and Kim on the phone, and I said this is a barometer for Jones. Jones has proven to be a very good quarterback, and I think he's going to be, it's tough to say franchise, but they're going to have to give him a, And if he wins a game, keeps or goes deep into the playoffs, he's going to really sign his own contract. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at him, and, you know, people argue, and I, and I was a big, you know, I, 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 the two turning points to me this year was obviously going the first game 
Dable when he went for two, and when he sat on that, when he threw that interception in, for, in the end zone, and he almost said to him, I think he said it, we are not going to have this this year. And his turnover, his turnovers, is, yeah, obviously he's not thrown for a lot of touchdowns, but he's done everything that they asked him to do. And I really think he could be a very good top 10, top 12 quarterback. And he can prove that by winning this game. So you mentioned McKinney's back. You mentioned that uh, that Jackson is back. I like what they're doing with Landon Collins. They're using him as a hybrid, as yes. a defensive back and as a linebacker, because their linebackers are weak. But, you know, uh, Thibodeau's coming around. Our Jerry's coming around. You've got Williams and, and Lawrence. So, yeah, I, I think if they don't beat themselves, they can win this game. So uh, and I think there's going to be some good playoff games, but I think that game could be a, a very interesting game, and I'm not a big fan of uh, of Cousins. I, I'm just not. I, I don't think he wins big games. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, thank you for the call, Richie. Uh, I'll take it from there. Um, that is going to be a big game. I don't really make too much about the 425 start Sunday. It is what it is. It's playoffs. Um, I don't make too much about Daniel Jones's record. Uh, in, in 4.30 games or primetime games or even Kirk Cousins. I, I just think it's bigger than them two. But this is a huge game for both of them. For Kirk Cousins, right, to change the narrative on the Vikings and them being frauds or whatever you want to call them, like, they have to advance. They're they're hosting uh, a playoff game. They have to advance. They, they won 12 games this year. But for Daniel Jones, like, if they lose this game and Daniel Jones plays bad, which I don't think is going to happen, like, he could erase some of the goodwill that he created through 18 weeks. But when I went back and looked at the box score, I remembered, again, that was his best passing game yardage-wise. He threw for 334 yards passing. There are fans that all year is like, when's this guy going to be able to throw for more than 250, 300 yards in a game? He did it against the Vikings secondary, who we've all talked about and know they're one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. They just have the best receiver in the NFL a good receiving core, two good running backs, and they make plays, and they're never out of it, right? Think about the Colts game a couple weeks back where they're down 33 nothing, and yeah, Jeff Saturday and the Colts, whatever, but they were able to come back. They were able to, you know, score the points to come back. You know, also in that first game, when you look at the stats, the Giants dominated them. Well, not dominated them, but they, they if you look at the stats, the Giants had 444 total yards to the Vikings 353. They had 319 passing yards to the Vikings 270. They had 126 rushing yards to the Vikings 83. They averaged 6.7 yards per play to the Vikings 5 yards per play. Like they they had a better game. They, the time of possession was pretty much even at 29-13-30-47. Uh the penalties is where I wanted to get to. The Giants had 7 penalties for 63 yards in that game. Clean it up. And that can be the difference in this game, for sure. So uh, I, I'm thinking about betting the Giants definitely with that plus three. Because even if they were to lose by a point or two, like you cover, and I don't think that they're going to lose. I think that they're. It, this is going to come down to Brian Dable again and Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale. These guys have put their team in position to win and steal games all year. So it's all about strategy, game planning, and they're probably not going to sleep that much this week going over film and planning for this game. And I've said this since two weeks ago now. 
the Packers put on film how to stop Justin Jefferson. He had his worst game two weeks ago in week 17. You think Wink Martindale and his defense aren't looking at that film? That's why Xavier McKinney, I think, came out this week, and he, he should have you know kept it quiet, especially being the guy who uh, broke his hand on a, a ATV. But he came out and said something along the lines like, yeah, he's been shut down before. Like they're not too worried about Justin Jefferson taking over the game. It's going to be a good matchup. I, I mean, if I was a Giants fan, I'd probably go. I so badly want to go to U.S. Bank Stadium. It is a football palace. If you've heard me talk about uh, riding the, like, uh, I don't know, the tram or the train or the shuttle, whatever it is, from the airport in Minnesota um, through the city, I'll never forget seeing uh, in 2014 the, like, outline of this place, like the skeleton of this stadium, the bones of it. And I remember, you know, no one cared, and I was, like, pointing, like, yo, like, that's the Vikings' new stadium they're building. And to see what it looks like now, it's beautiful. I, I feel like it's one of the most underrated stadiums in football. I feel like people don't think about it. The Vikings, they just think is like a cold area, and they don't think about them having a good stadium. They just look at look at, at them as like a cold team. They're not. Jack Harlow had a, a lyric where he, he says something like, cold like the Minnesota Vikings at home. And that stuck out to me because I'm like, the Vikings aren't cold when they play at home. They have a temperature-controlled stadium. It's actually one of the best stadiums in football. So, like, the environment is great. The Giants get to go play in a football palace. Take the game. I think the Giants can take the game. Just, just, my, just my opinion. John is in Matawan. Next up on the fan. What's up, Johnny? Hey, what's going on, Keith? How you doing, my man? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, before I get into my point with Carrera, first and foremost, I just want to say regarding your opening, and this is coming from a diehard Mets fan, you know, don't listen to any of the crazy Mets fans out there. You know, they're just in need of a breathalyzer of copium right now. I mean, you're a sports radio talk show host. You can say what you want when you want, and that's why you're on the fan doing what you do. So I just wanted to say that first. Solid, solid but, way to come in. Appreciate that. But at the end of the day, you know, I am genuinely disappointed that Cohen and the Mets, they didn't close the deal. But, you know, this whole saga, in a nutshell, it honestly just felt like a toxic relationship with a horrible girlfriend that was bound to end in doom. Mm -hmm. I mean, that being said, like, knowing Cohen and knowing the amount of money he has and the true passion of, of him being the Mets fan he is, 2023 free agency is going to be bananas. I mean, you're going to have Escobar, Canna, and Cookie off the books. Beatty's a huge question mark. Machado, the second best potential free agent, and then the ultimate target, Notani. If Cohen is willing to spend in excess of half a billion in one free agency alone this season, what potentially thinks you make? What potentially makes you think he won't go buku for Machado and Otani? I don't I mean. I, as I, don't, a, I don't think he won't. I think he's going to have the you know highest offers out there for both of those players. Is going to come down to where they want to be. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And right now, you know, as a Mets fan, like I said, I'm disappointed, but I'm not concerned. Obviously, the Phillies and Braves, they're both powerhouses, but in my opinion, so are the Metropolitans entering the season. Um, Cohen may have been off a little too many too, too many martinis in Hawaii at the end of the day when he said this is the piece <laughs> to put us over the top. But at, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And then, you know, after breaking that down, just real quick, um, early Super Bowl predictions match up in the winter, in your opinion. I'm thinking potentially Eagles-Bengals early on, plus 14.99 parlay. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I think the Eagles are going to get there as well. I just think Brock Purdy at some point is going to turn back into a rookie. And uh, on the fan, the first week when 
everybody was picking the Bills. I picked the Chiefs. So I think it's going to be Chiefs-Eagles, and I'm praying that the Chiefs beat the Eagles. I can't live in a world where the Eagles win another Super Bowl that quick. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I could definitely see them getting back there. I mean, with Hurts, you know, second year in, you know, fully, you know, solidified with that offense. They look great throughout the season. But obviously with the shoulder question marks throughout right now. They you got the buy to rest. And then, yeah. you know, if they get the Bucks or Cowboys, that's cake. Then they got to beat a rookie quarterback. And assuming it's the 49ers, I just think the Eagles got it all set up. Uh, they're stacked. And uh, it'll be them versus uh, the Chiefs. And then it'll be Travis Kelsey uh, versus his brother. I think that'll be cool. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I think the biggest threat, honestly, if they do beat Tom Brady, I think the most vulnerable team to beat the Eagles, um, the most vulnerable team the Eagles are, is the Cowboys. I mean, yeah, they played like garbage with, you know, Cooper uh, Cooper Rush as their backup. But, I mean, you know, we had Gardner Minshew, and obviously the offense looked great um, with him for that one game. Defense looked terrific. Um I mean, Dallas, in my opinion, I think even at Philly, that's, you know, that's close to an even money line. I'm thinking, you know, plus two and a half Dallas, you know, minus two and a half Eagles favorite if that's a matchup. Yeah, we'll see. The thing about, you know, in the playoffs, I say anything goes. And with the Cowboys, it sucks because it's like they have the talent. If they just turned it on for the next three, four games, like <laughs> – it, it would uh it it be a, a time for for Dallas Cowboys fans, but instead of America's team, they're going to be America's team to laugh at. Thanks for the call, John. Uh, I just don't have any faith in them actually doing uh, what it takes in the playoffs under McCarthy, under Dak. Like Dak is going to give the ball away. He's been doing that every game the last seven games. He's got multiple games this year with two picks. So I'd be a fool to think that they're going to like I don't know just turn it on and. At the end of the year, when they, they've been banged up, a few of their starters are banged up from uh, linebackers to corners to offensive linemen. Uh, Tony Pollard was out for a little bit, came back. Like, they're, you know, I just think they're fading out. And then if McCarthy gets bounced uh, in the first round again, they could fire him and bring in Sean Payton. That'd be fine by me. All right, let's see what we're going to do here. We're going to break here. It's 1030. All right, keep McPherson on the fan. Call me up, folks. We've got people on the line that want to talk New York Giants. Brooklyn Nets, Carlos Correa, and uh, a fan that says they're going to the game. I'm definitely coming back to talk to you. Keep McPherson on the fan. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey 
podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. BRB. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left, it is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yes, sir. No way. Of course. All right, let's get back into it. Now we've got mostly Giants calls. And uh, I just had a thought during the break, like we got to move the conversation to the Giants in the NFL or NHL. Hockey fans call me up with reactions to your games. I mean, the Devils, that's a big win. Um Against the Hurricanes, I mean, Jack, I didn't I didn't see Jack in the scorers list. That's tough, but whatever. It's a team game. Jack can't score every single game. Um, but that's a big win for the Devils. That's a big win for the Rangers. Rangers bouncing back after losing to the Devils. And uh, I know, you know, nobody cares about hockey. Like, I hate, I hate when they say nobody cares about hockey because, like, people do care about hockey. They say the same thing about the Brooklyn Nets. People do care about the Brooklyn Nets. Nobody doesn't mean zero. Obviously, we know what's going to drive the conversation. Carlos Correa's story has driven the conversation from the end of Tiki and Tierney all the way to right now. So we got to move it on, though. Like we, We've got to move on from that topic because Sal is next at 12. What do you think Sal's going to talk about? We can't just keep going that way. We could, but i rather shift the focus a little bit to the Giants. And I was thinking about... You know, rivalries and fandom and, you know, how hard we go for our Yankees and our Mets. And, you know, we'll, you know, we heard Lugie talking about, you know, there'll never be peace and whatever. Um, I'm a Cowboys fan. But when I was younger, I think because of my older brother and uh, the success that the, the Giants had and the Cowboys didn't have, I hated them more. But uh, it's hard to hate on a team in the last few years that was changing coaches and losing. And I don't have any hate for the Giants. I'm actually looking at the Giants kind of jealous at the trajectory that they are going to be on uh, because of this first year under Brian Dable. And he's just cool, yo. There was a video 
last week. I don't know if you heard me last week. Um, I love last week because it was the first week of January. It was warm. Like I was outside on my deck in a T-shirt. It was 60-some degrees. And that same day uh, at Giants practice, they played Will Smith's Summertime. And there was a video that came out of Brian Dable rapping Will Smith's lyrics. I'm like, this guy, where did he grow up? He's cool. Like He's just got a, a different type of swag and energy to him. I saw a day ago Bill Parcells came out and gave him a, a stamp of approval saying keep being yourself and doing what you're doing. Like Brian Dable came in here after Joe Judge, after Pat Shermer, after Ben McAdoo, after the mess that it had been, and he didn't care. He didn't care about Dave Gettleman. He didn't care about cap space. He didn't care about the roster. He came in with what he wanted to do and how he felt he should run an organization for the first time as a head coach. He's got a ton of coaching experience, but uh, I think this guy should be coach of the year. I understand Doug Peterson is going to get some votes for what he's done with the Jags, but I think the Jags could lose this first game coming up against the Chargers. And I know the votes, you know, we talked to Mike Florio. He said the votes are, are done tomorrow. I think they put their votes in tomorrow before the playoffs. But I'm looking at Brian Dable like he is the, the culture changer. And he may have saved Daniel Jones and, and uh, Saquon Barkley's Giants careers. Like, who knows what they would have looked like behind Joe Judge another year. And I just love that he came in and, you know, Kenny Galladay is making all this money. I saw Dan Duggan put out that Kenny Galladay was making $722,000 a week? <laughs> yeah. To do what? Practice? Um, but Dable doesn't care about the name on the back of your jersey. Kadarius Tony, you're a first-round pick. I didn't pick you. You're out of here. We'll send you to KC. Good luck. And we'll still make the playoffs. We'll trade the Giants' first-round pick from last year. We'll get him up out of here because... He doesn't have the respect or he's insubordinate or whatever. We'll get him up out of here. We we lack receivers, and we'll trade him, and we'll figure it out with the guys that we have in here. That says a lot about the coaches, not just Dable, but uh, all their position coaches and their coordinators. The Giants and their fans are in good hands, and if you're a Giants fan, pat yourself on the back because when I came into WFAN, my first show was when they fired Jason Garrett, and I remember saying that that wasn't enough. It was a pound of flesh. You need to do more. You need to do more. If you're getting rid of the GM and you bring in a new GM, you can't pair him with this head coach. The GM has to be a part of picking the head coach, and they did it. They went ahead and did it, and the fans demanded it. And look at the results you have. You go from missing the playoffs for six years, and in the first year of change with a new GM and a new head coach, you're in the playoffs, and you got a matchup against a team that you, you probably could have beat last time. It came down to a 61-yard field goal in their house, played right into their hands. Obviously, their kickers kicked 100 times um, you know, a, a week in there uh, from 60 yards. So don't let it come down to that this time. Giants fans, call me up, 877-337-6666. Young Elijah in Lakewood, New Jersey. What's up, kid? You're on the fan. Hello, yeah. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. What you got? Uh, personally, I think that the Giants have a very big chance of winning the Vikings, no? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, they're only three-point underdogs, and if you go back, like I just went and read through the uh, box score and the stats, like they lost that game, but a couple different plays, and I think if they limit the penalties this time and you have 
some added, uh, you know, defensive backs and Xavier McKinney and Dory Jackson that should be able to play a little bit better. Like, this is going to be a close game. And they have stolen the close games all year. I expect that to continue. I think they have a real good shot if they contain Jefferson. And, and Dalvin Cook even got banged up in this last game. So Dalvin yeah, Cook is not going to be 100%. You'll probably see him and a combination of him and Alexander Madison. Let's see what that defensive front does for the Giants. I feel like now they've got, you know, a few games, right? You, you were without Aziz Ojolari. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau came along. But now you've got the unit with them, too, and 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 Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams together. They they didn't play last week. They'll be ready to go. Like, let's see it. Yeah, like, my friend's, my friend's trashing me that the Giants are for sure going to lose. Like, that's still not true. Like, they have a way better chance. Like, I think they're going to win for sure. Yeah, I think, like, the Dolphins are for sure going to lose. I think the Ravens are for sure going to lose. But this is going to be one of the closest games. Like, there's... I mean, there's a reason that they're putting this game on at 4.30 on Sunday. It's not the first game. It's not the last game. It's like in the heart of Sunday football watching. Everybody's going to be watching this game. Also, about the Nets, uh, what's it called? I was looking forward to this rivalry against the Celtics. I'm like, now Durant has to get injured. Like, come on. Of course, right? We were all pumped up. The Nets didn't lose for a month. The Nets have a winning streak, and the Celtics are coming to town, and you start thinking about that rivalry and that matchup. I always want smoke with Boston. I always want the Celtics. I went viral for chanting, we want Boston with the block, the Brooklyn Brigade. Shout out to the gang. I'll see you guys Thursday. Um, it just sucks that we won't have KD. But that doesn't mean they can't beat the Celtics. The Celtics got smacked by the Orlando Magic. Who else did the Celtics lose to recently where I was like, that is un-Celtic-like. Uh they don't have their coach from last year in Ime Udoka. I think they're running behind Joe Mazzula. And there was something about, like, his game plan being put online and people, like, had it on Reddit or something like that. They could see, like, how they game planned and, like, what teams they were looking at. But uh, I'm still excited for the game. Oh, the, the Thunder. The Thunder smacked the Celtics 150 to 117 last Tuesday. And I was like, what was going on there? They underestimated those boys and got rocked, like, got blown off the court um i'm excited for the game it's a nationally televised game on thursday tnt in brooklyn uh i don't know what anybody has told you about barclays center in brooklyn but there will not be more celtics fans in there than nets fans that 10 years this nets world has been built like our fans are in there and you're gonna hear them and the national audience is gonna hear them even if tnt tries to turn those microphones up and down depending on certain times all you're gonna hear in there is let's go nets Let's go Nets. Defense. Defense. Brooklyn. I can't wait. I, I took some time off. I took some time off going into the game. Uh, spent some time with my wife, the holidays, and, you know, some of the nonsense that was going on. I couldn't rock with. I stayed away. But I'm back, baby. I'm back. I'll be in there Thursday, and then I plan on going to more games. And there's always going to be a rivalry with the Celtics just because our history. They swept the Nets last year. We gave them the gentleman sweep the year before. Obviously, we made the stupid trade with them. And uh, the NBA world look at, looked at the Nets like, oh, they'll never recover. They're going to be uh, bottom feeders for a decade. And Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson and you you know the rest. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you have no idea about the Nets story. But I'm excited to see the Nets versus Celtics coming up on Thursday. We'll have the call here. Chris Carino. Shout out to Chris Carino, man. I, I got a text, Chris. Uh, I was going to just pull up on him Thursday. But... Um, he won an award, the NBA's Value of the Game Award. 
It recognizes an individual with a team who exemplifies the values of the league and their community. And, uh, you know, I saw that earlier today in an email. He's great. I I listened to him on Voice of the Nets. That's his podcast covering the Nets. He's a professional. He's helped me. He's given me advice, and I've been on with him. Um, He's someone I value and uh, look up to. I I just, you know, I understand his fight and, um, you know, his struggle uh, being in a wheelchair and, uh, you know, he he's raised money for the FSHD Foundation, and I just think he's great on the call. I told him, you know, before I ever met him, like, I used to look listen to Brooklyn Nets Radio, and I thought him and Capper were great. So for them to so graciously welcome me in, uh, it, w- it was awesome last year, and it's still awesome getting to, to talk to Chris Carino. So shout-out to him. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. We need your second opinion. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. Microphone check, one, two, let's go. I do got to kick some raps on the fan this year, man. I've been slacking. It just takes time because you don't want to be whack, right? Like I could freestyle and and do, you know, uh, roses are red, violets are blue. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. <laughs> he brought the beat back up. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, Carlos Correa. He's not a Met yet or never. They got to do better. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with Pauly. <laughs> Cut the beat. Cut the beat. No, I got to actually, like, write something and prepare something. But, like, the days roll over so fast, bro. I, I go home. It's late. I can't go to sleep after standing in here under these bright lights and hosting and talking to people online and talking to people on the phone. And next thing you know, I'm I'm not asleep till 3, 4 in the morning some nights. And then I wake up. My wife doesn't care. My wife's got to go to work. She's got to do her stuff. And what am I? I'm, I'm just beat. It's like... She's not going to be quiet for me, even tomorrow. I got to take her to work at like 8 o'clock. So I planned on staying up and listening to Salicata, but how late can I stay up? 1, 1, 1.30 maybe. Um, and then I don't have time during the day because there's a lot going on, life. And uh, I've got two podcasts I got to do. I'm always on some type of random like call or uh, guest podcast. Or just trying to, like, budget my time. I lift. I got to go to the gym. Like, I literally got to spend an hour to 90 minutes in the gym every day. If I don't do that, I'm 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 not right. I don't feel good. I always feel better after I get a good lift and a good sweat. There's no time for raps. I'm not a rapper. I used to be. When I had a lot of free time, I had a bunch of raps. I don't remember any of them, but it's time. It's time. I think the last time I prepared, like, eight bars or 12 bars, I forget. It was... uh. February. Um, I forget what I said, but I'm coming back with some raps. Maybe Friday. I have a five hour show Friday. So I'm challenging myself to write a couple bars and kick them on air. It's it's uh, a little scary though. It's definitely a little nerve wracking. Like I said, you don't want to be whack. You don't wanna you don't wanna you don't wanna get on the mic and not be good, right? Every everybody can't come up here. Flex is right down the street. I told y'all last year when I ran into Flex, Hot ninety seven is right across the street from WFAN. Not across this street, but like a block north. And I'm walking down the street towards the train, and I'm like, yo, Flex. Flex just, like, scowled at me. Like, I mean, obviously he didn't know who I was, but, like, he just looked at me like he didn't want to talk. I'm like, what's up, Flex? He just walked back in the building. I'm like, don't be like that. I'm a fellow radio host in the city. I actually did a project on Flex when I was 
in college because I look at Flex as like a just like an icon, a different kind of guy. He could do whatever he wants on the radio. He could literally stop the track ten times before playing it, drop a bomb, growl on the beat. New York City, folk Flex. You know I got the mids. Hard to get a ticket. Funk Master Flex Night. So, yeah, shout out to Flex. But, oh, this is WFAN, 1019 FM. We talk sports here. This isn't Hot 97. Uh, I do want to get into the conversation around the Giants. We're going to do that. We've got some people on hold. I lost the caller that said that they went to the game, or not went to the game, but they plan on going to the game. I wanted to talk to them about Minnesota and that experience going out there. Call back. Uh, Time is burning on me, though. We've got one hour left in the show, and uh, I got to get to the calls. In this last hour, we're just going to go calls, 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 because I don't want people hitting me up, like, waited for an hour, waited for 90 minutes to get on your show, and then you don't get on. I mean, if there were no breaks, everybody would get on, but what are you going to do? Got to pay the bills here. You know, this is how the system is set up. This is how the machine operates. I just come in. And bring in my thoughts, my takes, my opinions, my energy, my style, my swag, whatever. And Paulie will tell me, hey, break. All right, you got a couple minutes here. We can hit this. We can do this. Break by this time. Update. You you guys know. You listen to the fan. All right. It's time to hit the break and the update. 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. More after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.